Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. I'm looking forward to starting this new series called Multiply. Say that with me. Multiply. And today I want to tell you specifically for today, trust the plan. Say that with me. Trust the plan. Kind of sounds a little bit like the great theologian from a little further north here in Alabama, Dr. Nick Saban, you know. Um, you think about it, trust the process. Trust, I don't understand, coach. Just trust the process. Yeah, but it's my junior year and I haven't had a chance to start. Shut up. Stay in the game. Sit on the bench. Your time is coming. Trust the process. That's what we're doing today. We're talking about how God wants us to multiply. And I want to start out today by encouraging you to trust the plan. Trust the plan. Now, this is the last time I'm going to complain about 2020 or 2021, okay? The last time. You're not going to hear me run my mouth about it again. I may refer to it, but it's not going to be negative. I'm not going to be whining and complaining. But I'm going to whine and complain just for a second, okay? I don't want to do that again. I don't want to do 2020 or 2021 again because I had a plan. I had my plan, and I was doing a particular direction, and that interrupted things. Now, there were some blessings, but, man, there were some challenges too. Anybody face any challenges in 2020 or 2021? Maybe, maybe you guys met that SARS-CoV-2 or whatever that, you know, COVID-19. Maybe you met him up close and personal. You went through that. Maybe you had a close scrape with him. Maybe you're going, should I go to the hospital? Maybe you were in the hospital. Maybe you were in the ICU. If you're here today, I'm so glad that you're here today. Maybe you lost somebody in your family or your friends. We lost a couple people in my family from COVID-19. I don't want to do that again. And friends, people you love, is anybody you've been impacted in your family because of 2020 or 2021? Just go ahead and raise your hand. I just want you to be encouraged that you're not alone. But God has a plan in the middle of our difficulty. You do know that, right? Well, who did that? Well, let me just tell you. The Bible says that whatever Satan meant for evil, God will take and use it for good. It's like he's in judo. You know, he rolls with the energy of the enemy. And you know what? We're having to deal with Satan. We're having to deal with things he throws at our children and our family and our schools and our workplaces in our church. Let me tell you, as long as we are living and breathing on this earth in this age, you know, we are going to be battling the enemy. You do know that, right? What, you want everything nice and easy? That's for another age. Right now, you better be fighting. You better be scrapping. You be, like my dad said, my dad would say, I'm going to punch the devil. I'm going to kick him. I'm going to scratch him. And I'm going to bite him. And when I lose my teeth, I'm going to gum him to death. I like that really good. You know, you better be fighting every single step of the way. Pastor, Satan's been on my back. Listen, you better be killing sin or sin will be killing you. Fight it every step of the way. If you're tired, he's tired too. 
And when everybody's tired, let me tell you, the one person that is not tired is the one who is inside of you. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So there's a plan. There's a plan. We're working the plan. I can't always see everything clearly, but there is somebody who can see this thing really well. So I want you to understand we're walking in our mission, regardless of the year it is. Prosperous, difficult, challenging, healthy, sick, uh, impoverished in America, outside of America, on a high, on a low, doesn't matter what you look like, where you came from, who your mama is, it doesn't matter, any of that stuff. There is a God who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Trust the plan, Pathway Church, trust the plan. Turn to your neighbor right now, just say, trust the plan, trust the plan. Here's the plan. God sets us on earth and he tells us to go and take dominion over the earth, subdue it, be fruitful and multiply. This is the mission. I didn't make this up. Pastor, we're starting a new year. Why are you talking about multiplication? Because when God created us, he told us to be fruitful and multiply. So this is for your life. This is for your ministry. This is for your family. This is for the church. This is for our city. I don't like for people to talk bad about our church. You want to talk about bad about the church? then you're going to have to deal with me. You want to talk bad about my wife? Nobody talks bad about Kelly. She's Mother Teresa. She's perfect. She has to put up with me. I don't know what she did in a former life to have to deal with me, but that, that's what happened, right? <laughs> Be fruitful. Multiply. God puts us on this earth. I don't want people talking bad about the place that God has called us to be fruitful in. Don't talk about my family. I'm praying for my family. Don't talk about my church. I'm praying for my church. Don't talk about my city. I'm praying for my city. This is the city God placed us in. You don't like it? Do something about it. Right? Make it better. Cultivate it. Love it. There's people that, that are hateful. Love them. Serve them. Minister to them. Win them to Jesus. Win them, win, win them to Jesus. Share the love of Jesus Christ with red, yellow, black, and white. They're all precious in his sight. The rich, the poor, the young, the old, everybody. Multiply. What's the answer to what is ailing the world today? Jesus. Take the gospel seed of, of Jesus Christ and plant it in every piece of soil where you have influence and let's multiply, Pathway Church. Can we do that today? Pastor is hard. There's these ideologies that are pushing back on the church. Let me tell you some of the best things have happened in the most difficult moments in this world. In fact, some of the greatest businesses today have happened in some of the most challenging times. So right off the bat, I want you to understand this, that some of the greatest multiplication stories are born in the moments of some of the greatest adversity. Some of the greatest relationships have come because of some of the most difficult things you've faced. Sometimes we look at things and we say, what is the devil up to? No, what in the world is the Lord up to in this moment? L let me just give you, just in business, look, look at some of these great businesses that started during great recessions and depressions. GM, GE, IBM, Disney World was founded in 1929 during the Great Depression, during, during the Wall Street crash, all of that stuff. Um, Uber started in 2009 when the housing market imploded. Nobody had cash. If you had cash in 2009, you would have owned a ton of real estate because it was all free then, 2009, 2010. Great things came up out of that moment. Hyatt, Trader Joe's, 
FedEx, all kinds of incredible businesses came out of that. Microsoft was started in 1978. You know what was happening in 1978? You were rationing gas at the pump. You couldn't fill up. There were long lines. I remembered I was five years old sitting in the back of my dad's car waiting in line for just a few gallons of gas. Yet one of the biggest companies in the world started in a year when there was so much lack. Let's bring it down to right here. Is there anybody here that started a business or got a better job because you got fired or laid off? Is there anybody like that in the room? Just go ahead and raise your hand. I see that. Anybody else? There's some great stories that have been born out of some very difficult moments. Now, I was born in North Carolina. I was not born in Alabama. I got here as quick as I could, right? I grew up in South Florida. In South Florida, it's like the United Nations. There's people from all over the world. Some of my best friends in the world were Cuban. In fact, when we moved to Mobile, Blake was a little kid and he almost had a Cuban accent when we moved here, you know? And you know what I saw? I saw people coming over. Some of my great friends came over in, uh, one of my great friends came over in a bathtub with a couple pontoons that he put, looked like somebody shot that thing with a shotgun, washed up on shore. Today, he's a general contractor. He couldn't get a regular job like everybody else. What do you do? He started a business. When you're hungry and you don't have a roof over your head, you'll do just about anything you can to provide for your family. Is that true? Who am I talking about? Who am I talking to? Where are you guys at today? You know what I'm saying? Like, have you ever had a little, you know what? When Kelly and I got married, our reception was in the church gymnasium. Somebody in the church made our wedding cake for us. Our, our, our little first apartment was so small. One person in the kitchen at the time. I mean, it was a tiny little place. We had a Brady Bunch velvet couch, green, lime green, terrible. Somebody gave it to us. Let me tell you, it was an awesome year of life where things started. We were excited when we could order pizza. It was amazing. I don't know about you, but I think it's a pretty great marriage. Some great things come out of really difficult, challenging moments. So here's what I want you to understand today. Whether you're coming out of 2020, 2021, if you're coming out moping, if you just barely made it into 21. You're tired. Now that's not everybody. There's a lot of people that are jacked up and ready to go into 21. But if you just came across and your body is like a hoopty and you barely just chugged across the line, let me tell you today that a crisis today is a launching pad for victory tomorrow. I thank God for the challenging times. What caused you to change? What caused you to be different? Listen, I want you to hear something. There were four years in my ministry where I faced a physical battle that happened because of something someone else did. If I ever showed you the pictures of what happened to my body, you wouldn't believe it. I won't even post it. I won't show, I won't text it to somebody because it's so crazy looking. It would go all over the internet and I have just enough pride that I won't let that happen. But if you see me after, I might show you real quick tough. Four years, every day, I wanted to quit pastoring, not because I didn't want to, but because I felt, June, I felt too complicated for the church. But it was in those four years where God birthed something down inside of me that just said, I'm not ever going to quit. I'm not going to stop. The devil couldn't take me out then. He's not going to ever take me out. 
It was then, you know what, I, I had encouraged my church to leave a building of their own to move into a movie theater where we had church. And it was supposed to be for just a couple years. It turned out to be seven years. You know what, that was a tough seven years. God did some wonderful things. And you know what, at the end of the day, God did a wonderful, amazing thing that prepared me for this moment, for my family, for my church, for this community. I'm so thankful for it. But let me tell you, I don't want to go back and do those four years again. But I promise you, that was was the research and developing development laboratory of my life that prepared me for some things today that I would not have been ready for if I hadn't gone through that. That was where I said, I'm going to treat my family different. I'm going to invest in my family and I'm going to invest in my friends. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make memories. That's where we said with our kids, we want to get our kids to all 50 states before we graduated from high school. So while other people were driving nice cars, we were driving raggedy old cars. Our decisions that we made, we paid cash for everything that we did. And, and, and then we just went and we started a, what we called the junkie car club in the church because we said, we're going to be faithful to the church and faithful to the family before we enjoy material things. And so we tried to make those investments as we could see fit. That crisis in our life caused us to change all of the priorities in our life. What became important to us? You know, the dream home, we had flipped homes, flipped homes, flipped homes. We had homes working all over the place and reinvested them. We were looking at this place. We thought it was so beautiful. Suddenly that home was taken from us because of a construction disaster that we didn't do. We got Chinese drywall and that thing. I've shared that with you. What a mess. But that crisis prepared us for something that God was doing in our life. And let me tell you, all of the things that we lost, let me just tell you this. God has replenished it many times over. Do you know God, he, you cannot outgive God. You cannot out, Justin, you cannot outgive God. Man, he is faithful and he is good. Listen, his shovel is bigger than the little spoon that you've got. And what you see as a crisis is nothing for God. So this crisis point that we find ourselves in, I believe it's a launching pad for victory tomorrow. In fact, when I think about 2020 and 2021, Pathway Church is a generous church, it's a loving church, it's a giving church. But I have never seen generosity like I did in 2020 and 2021. Thank you, Pathway Church, for taking medications to our shut-ins at the beginning of the, the pandemic when they couldn't get out of their home. Thank you for feeding every single medical worker at every single hospital in our community. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for putting probably a million and a half pounds of food directly into people's cars during 2020 and 2021. You serve families like crazy. I love you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your service. Thank you for what you've done for children around the world who, who were in much worse uh, situations than us. I just want to thank you, say thank you. That crisis turned out to be a tremendous blessing for me as your pastor to watch the gospel at work here. In your need, in your crisis, God set you up to do some beautiful things. And I just thank God for you. Would you bless the Lord for how the Lord has helped us the last couple of years? Now, let me take this to the scriptures. I'm going to talk about Jesus. 2 a.m. on Monday, I woke up, eyes wide awake, the word of God in my heart. I grabbed my Bible, grabbed my computer. I slipped out, I just began to, I just began to write.
just receiving a word for today. I've been planning this series for months and months, but a lot of things just began to converge and I just really found a lot of meaning in the story of Jesus just after Christmas Day. You know, you think about it for us, we come along to Christmas and we celebrate, we did the candles. Wasn't Christmas Eve amazing? And then we move on into the new year. But after that Christmas day, Joseph and Mary and Jesus went into the biggest crisis of their lives. Remember Herod? He had met with the three wise men. And the three wise men had told about this Messiah, Jesus. And Herod said, oh, this is wonderful. I know you've been following a star. When you go and see the baby, Jesus, when you, or when you go and see the Messiah, this baby that is born, the fulfillment of this prophecy, come back and tell me so I can go and celebrate him too. Well, the wise men, they understood. They understood that this was a trap. And so they never went back to Herod to tell because what Herod wanted to do was to go and kill his competitor because what he saw was a new king was going to be elevated to the throne. And let me tell you, kings don't retire. Kings die. And Herod said, I'm going to take you out before you take me out. And of course, we know the story. Jesus is a baby, Mary and Joseph. They fled Bethlehem. They fled the West Bank, Gaza Strip today. They fled there and went into Egypt. What a crisis, what a challenging, what a challenging thing. And they were there for a couple years. Now, I don't know how all of that worked out. I don't know what that was like. Did, did Joseph, is that where he learned to be a carpenter? I mean, they were young. Or did he already know? And then that's the trade that he took. I remember roofing my grandfather's house with him on the campground of Lake Waimama. And I was there roofing the house and my, my grandfather was a gospel preacher. He was a builder as well. He built churches, he built buildings, he built bridges, he did a lot of things. I mean, we were on top of that roof and June, he said to me, he said, you know, son, he was always dropping little nuggets of life counsel. And I didn't really realize what he's doing, but he said, you know, Travis, I can take these tools and I can go anywhere in the world and make a living and preach the gospel. He was a preacher too. I love that. Maybe that's what Joseph did. Maybe, maybe Joseph went into Egypt and that's how he provided a living. But he was there and it was not their land. It was a foreign place to them. And so the angel of the Lord comes to them. In Matthew chapter uh, 2, uh, verse 19, the Bible says, when Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Herod had passed away. It's now safe. The threat was gone. They're going back to uh, Israel. They're going back to their homeland. How many of you know it feels good to be home? It's nice to get away. It's not, we got away. We took a boy's trip. Blake and I, we went out. We played in the woods. It was fun. We sat around campfires. We got smoke in our eyes. We... We, you know, rode horses, we went hunting, we played in the water, we threw rocks, we skipped rocks, we did all, the horses got loose one night while we were sleeping and I walked about four miles trying to find horses. 
I didn't tie them up. I went and looked, but Blake didn't tie them up either. It was somebody else. Just making that clear so I didn't hear it when I got back home. Awesome. But you know what? When you walk back in the door of your house, what is it? The smell of your home, your place, your belongings. You know where everything is. You get cleaned up. It just feels good to be home. Two years of being a refugee, two years of running for their lives on the run. Herod was after them. He was wanting to take them out. What a journey. Now, how, how were Joseph and Mary, who were newly married, young, and with child, able to go on a trip like that for two years? Because what I've heard is that they were peasants. They were paupers. And, you know, there's, I mean, I'm sure there's some truth to that, but it wasn't totally true because they were going to pay their taxes. They were, they were going to be a part of this census. Now, I know, I, I know there's some challenges, major challenges, and their life was on the line. I know that they, there was no room in the end. And if there's no room in the end, and if you have money, you can buy your way into a place, right? If you've got, everything is for sale. Everything, if you've got enough money, everything's for sale. Your car is not for sale, but if I have enough money and I want to buy it, you will sell your car. They slept in a cave. How did they do this? This is awesome. Listen to this, Matthew chapter two, verse 11. Before I read this, I want you to know this, that if God has given you the vision he will give you the provision. If he has given you a mission, he has given you a mandate, he will provide the resources for the journey. Pastor, I don't know how I'm going to raise my kids. This, this world is crazy. What they're teaching at school is crazy. I don't know what to do. This, this, you know, this situation is going on. What am I going to do? God will give you everything that you need for that journey. How many of you believe that today? So you just need to hang on to that today. You believe that today. Well, it's right here in Jesus' life. Matthew chapter two and verse 11, the Bible says, they entered the house, talking about the wise men. This is back at his birth. This is before Egypt. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their, what? Say that out loud, their treasure their treasure chests. We hear about the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We think it's a few coins. No, they had to carry this stuff in a chest when they came to Jesus. They opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Remember when Mary anointed the feet of Jesus and washed, her, washed Jesus' feet with her hair? Remember that? And Judas got upset. He said, this is a great sum of money. We could have sold this and fed the poor. The Bible lets us know this was roughly a year's worth of salary. Yet Jesus doesn't just get some perfume. He gets gold, frankincense, and myrrh. He gets a whole chest of it. God the Father sends God the Son because you were estranged from Jesus, because I was far from Jesus. He says, I am going to become flesh and dwell among you in a way that you can relate to me. I'm going to speak your language. I'm going to live in your neighborhood. I'm going to eat your food. I'm going to walk like you. I'm going to talk like you. I'm going to sound like you to heal your disease, to save you from your sin, to set at liberty those who are captive. Aren't you so glad for that? But not only that, in order that my son would be able to do this, I'm going to give him the provision for the journey. This is what he did for Jesus. 
I don't know, somehow I missed. I know, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It's just kind of like a part of the Christmas story. No, this was the payday to finance their flee from Herod. They're they're avoiding the FBI (laughs) of Rome. They're, They're trying to get away from this guy who would try and blot out the prophecy of God that's trying to come true. Well, they didn't see this coming. Joseph and Mary, that, that was not a part of the plan. There was supposed to be the baby shower. They got the baby shower. The room was supposed to get done. They're still in Bethlehem. They're away from home. And then suddenly, now they're on the run. This is not, I didn't sign up for this. You got into a marriage. I didn't sign up for this. You inherited some kids. You're in a, in a blended family. I didn't sign up for this. These kids don't respect me. My, my boss is on my back. I didn't plan to get sick. I wanted, I wanted to do this differently. Listen, you don't worry just for a second. God is going to help you in the journey. The great theologian Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. Things are going to happen. There are challenges that are going to come. When the challenges come, God will give you everything that you need to not only to get through it, but to stay on mission. Pathway Church 2020 came at us fierce. 2021 came at us fierce. And we are still standing. We're still worshiping Jesus. We're up in the balcony. We're at airport campus. We're watching online. We're on the floor at Moffat campus. We're getting ready to go over to Foley, over to Baldwin County. We are still standing. Not only are we still standing, we have taken ground. Did you hear what I said? When the enemy threw everything he had, we came out of the flames without even the smell of smoke on us. Have there been challenges? Has there been loss? Yes, there has. But God is still faithful. If he's faithful, give the Lord a great big hand clap today. What do we do? Joseph and Mary showed us we need to hold the plan tight and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be rocked by the things of this world. You know, when the waves come, I want to roll with it. I just, I just want to keep my eyes on Jesus. I want to just keep going after him. Yeah, I didn't expect that, my, that sickness. I hated it when I sat on the porch with my dad as he was battling pancreatic cancer. One of the godliest people I've ever known in my life sitting there on that front porch and they had just gotten their house and house is paid off and they're about to, they're rolling into retirement. And my dad looked at me and said, son, it's the perfect place at just the wrong time. And I thought, you know, I'm knowing unless there's a miracle, I'm not going to be sitting with my dad much long, longer. But I watched that whole thing. My dad held tight to the plan. He was flexible. He went into mission mode. He was ministering to people at the cancer center. There are people in here today that my dad met in the cancer center. You're my friends today because he stayed on mission. Pathway Church, don't you ever quit. Don't you ever give up. You go all the way to the end. You finish until you hear well done, good and faithful servant. It's a plan. As long as we're here, multiply. As long as we're here, be busy about the Father's work. God puts you in a job, you be faithful in that job. You're flipping burgers, you be the best burger flipper that McDonald's has ever seen. For the glory of God, multiply. Don't shrink back. Don't, don't say, this, this is beneath me. Whatever it is God has placed you in, if you will be excellent and do it as unto the Lord, God will promote you. Your complaining won't get you out of there. The grace and goodness and strength of God in that situation we'll get you up out of there. Come on, Pathway Church. We're head and shoulders above others because of the God that's inside of us. 
hold tight to the plan and be flexible. And pastor, I, I, don't, I, I don't know what the plan is. I, I don't just take the next right step. Do you know what to do right? You trust in the Lord, just take the next right step. Do you see a step? Take it. You know what happens when you take that step? Then usually you see the next step. Have you noticed that? Why is that? Because the Bible says thy word is a lamp unto my feet. You know, it's not a flashlight. It's not one of those 3,000 candle high beams things you plug into your cigarette lighter in your, in your, in your car. It's, it doesn't shine all the way on down there. You just take the next step, walk in faith, walk in God's grace and in his strength and in confidence. Hey, you don't know where you're going. Why are you so confident? Because I have faith in the Lord. He knows where he's going and I'm following him. Pastor, aren't you worried about the ideologies that the world is teaching your children and your family and your church people? Listen, God has placed us here to be salt and light. I'm not going to be afraid of the devil. I'm going to be faithful and found in Jesus. You know where I'm safest? Erica, Luke, I'm safest right up next to Jesus. Right next to him. And if we'll just take those next steps, God will work this whole thing out. Matthew chapter 2 and verse... 21. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. You know where Nazareth is? Nobody knows where Nazareth is. Nothing good comes out of Nazareth. Nazareth is not like on the way to Atlanta. It's not like it's on the way to Birmingham. It's not like it's on the way to New Orleans. Nazareth is on a dirt road, off a dirt road, off a dirt road. The only way you get to Nazareth is if you're going to Nazareth. And so they went there. Why did they go there? Well, probably because they didn't want anybody just to be passing through and to see little baby Jesus. It is a little town. Archaeologists say it may have been only 25 families in this town. This is where he goes. He went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said. He will be called the Nazarene. Now, I know that Joseph and Mary were good godly Jews. I know it. Mary was chosen and Joseph was chosen. But I don't think that young Joseph and young Mary were great theologians, rabbis in the temple. They were in the youth group. So I don't think they picked Nazareth to fulfill a prophecy. I think they picked Nazareth to save their lives. But because of the crisis, they found their way to the launching pad for victory, fulfilling the prophecy that God had foretold hundreds of years ago. Isn't that the coolest thing? Come on, somebody praise the Lord. I just think that's a neat little thing. Now, this fulfilled what the prophets had said, he will be called a Nazarene. So pathway, keep your eyes on the prize. Stay in the word, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Now here's a child of promise on earth. Now what? He's a couple years old. He's living in Nazareth. Mary and Joseph watch this thing happen. I'm sure they're thinking, okay, now go ahead and go ahead and do what you're supposed to do. But that little kid had to grow up. He had to learn his ABCs. He had to learn how to walk. He had to learn how to do a whole lot of things. He had to learn how to have friends. He was fully God and fully man. 
He wasn't half God and half man. Fully God, fully man. And so he had a process to go through. Even the son of God had a process to go through that he willingly submitted himself to this process. A plan, a development plan where he journeyed and he grew and it was just a part of it. You know, everybody just wants to get right to the plan, to the results of the plan. Nobody likes the in-between. Nobody likes the development. Everybody wants to be discovered. Nobody wants to be developed. It's like microwave, like let's just get to the end. Coach, put me in. I'm a junior. I haven't got to start. Coach Saban is saying what? Trust the process. Trust. But coach, I'm good. I'm better than him. You know what? You can't get in there because you can't shut your mouth and be on the team. Sit on there, wait. You're going to get to play your senior year and then you're going to get drafted in the first round. You're going to make millions and millions of dollars. Trust the plan. One guy left, went into the transfer portal. What did Coach Saban say? Man, he should have stayed. He was about to go in the starting line. He was about to go into the starting lineup. Trust the plan. Trust the process. A lot of people wanting to subvert the process and get right to the discovery. Once, one of the worst things that can happen to you is you get discovered before you've been developed. Man, somebody needs to get that today. Take your time in the crock pot. Let it bake just a little bit. You're not ready for prime time. When God says it's time, then it's time. Who knows? But when God says, that's when it's ready. Okay, so be patient and trust the process. Don't focus on being discovered. Instead, focus on being developed. Say that with me. Don't focus on being discovered. Focus on being developed. Here's what it says about that in the Bible. Luke chapter 2. I have verse 40 first, but let's go to verse 52. 52 first. This is one of the guiding verses of Pathway Kids. The Bible says that Jesus grew, the, the, it says that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in the favor of God and all of the people. So wisdom, he's brilliant, he's smart, he's learned. Stature, he's respected, he's thought well of, and he has favor in the sight of God and the favor inside of the, in the sight of man. That's pretty awesome. Anybody want to walk in that kind of blessing? Right? Go to verse 40. Verse 40, not all of that's there. A little bit before, in, earlier in the process, Luke says, there the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favor was on him. Let me just tell you really quickly. Before you can grow in stature, you need to grow in wisdom. Before you can have respect of the world and respect of God and respect of people, you need to grow in wisdom. And you know what? Wisdom isn't always seen by everybody. It's a part of the process. Let me tell you, before you get the favor of man, you want to have the favor of God. If you have to pick between two, between having the favor of man or the favor of God, you better pick the favor of God every time. You know, there are some things I just can't sleep about. Pastor, we want you to approve of this. We want you to be okay with this. Hey, Travis, we want you to go along with this. I'm sorry, I can't go along with that. You need to. Everybody, it'd be good for everybody if you go along with it. Go along with it by yourself. But I want to sleep at night, and I want to be able to look at God square in the face, and I want to be able to answer to him that I was faithful in what he called me to answer, to, to handle. And so if that makes me fall out of favor with you, I didn't want to hang out with you that bad anyway. 
I love you. I want to go with the king. I want to follow the king. I'm going. I want you to go. But if you don't go, I'm going anyway. I'm going anyway. Pathway, we're going. 22, we're going. Right? So before we grow in um, favor of the people, we want to grow in favor with God. Sometimes God will have you stand all alone. So that when it comes time for you to stand with people, you'll know how to stand. If the only way that you stand is based on popular opinion, you are in the wrong business. You know what, Christians, we're leaders. And leaders, we got to know who we stand with. We stand with Jesus. It's not like God told us not to love the world. He told us to love the world. He told us to love people. But he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. So we love the world radically, but we love Jesus even more. That's the development process that Jesus went through. You don't want to skip a step. Don't skip a step. Don't move ahead too fast. Move quickly. There are a lot of things that you're repeating over and over because you're skipping steps. It's taking you longer. But if you will trust the plan, do the next steps, read the instructions, stop doing it your way and do it his way. If you will do that, it seems like it might be taking you longer but I promise in the end, you're going to get where you need to go. So we, we trust the plan and we ask God to develop us so that we're ready when we're discovered. Now, let me just give you this really quick and then I want to pivot here in just a second, okay? It seems to me that what I see in Jesus is that he gripped the plan. Mary and, and Joseph, they gripped the plan and then they were flexible. There was growth. There was commitment. Actually, the Bible says there was complete commitment. You can't be committed if you're looking over your shoulder, if you're looking for better opportunities. You gotta burn your bridges, burn the boats, cross the river, burn the boats, never go back, go all in with Jesus. Complete commitment, favor, and then at 30 years, there was a launch. Jesus launched into ministry. You know, when Jesus launches into his public ministry, think about it. 30 years of carpentering, 30 years of being a son, some of that time was spent as a son to a single mom. I don't know when Joseph passed. The Bible doesn't tell us. But Joseph switched. He began to care for his mom. He and his brothers, you know, his half-brother Jude, his half-brother James, whoever they his half-brothers. Did Mary get remarried? No. Jude and James were conceived of Mary and Joseph, not Mary and the Holy Spirit. Jesus was the only immaculate conception. Jesus is the only one conceived of the Holy Spirit. The virgin birth happened one time. There was, there was a virgin Mary, but only for a while. Not today. She's not still the virgin Mary. Now she's just Mary because she got married and she did what married people do. Pastor, you shouldn't talk about Mary. I just need to talk about this because we got some young adults in here. We got some senior adults in here that need to know that if you don't put a ring on it, you know, I'm just going to stop right there. I'm not going to go to, you got the idea, right? Y'all laughing nervously. You know what I'm saying? She did what married people do. And when she wasn't married, she wasn't doing what married people do. If you're not married and you're doing it, stop doing it. Get right with Jesus. Trust the plan. Trust the plan. Stop doing it. Pop the question. Get married. I'm not ready. We don't have the venue. We don't have it. Forget the venue. You know what a good, mar- a good wedding is? Just say I do. 
You could do it with a little apartment. <laughs> Look at our young adult pastors over here. Trust in the plan, working this thing out. Jesus, for 30 years, then he goes into his ministry. He turns the water into wine. He opens a blinded eye. He stepped in and he said, in front of the woman who was caught in adultery, let he who has no sin cast the first stone. And then he said, go and sin no more. Did you notice that truth and love go hand in hand? We're not a truth church or a love church. We're a truth and love church. We're a gospel church. We do the same. We love everybody, but we love everybody enough to give them the truth of Jesus Christ. He raised the dead. He let Nicodemus sneak to him a, a respected Pharisee and he taught him by under the cover of night. He was seen with the tax collectors and the prostitutes and he declared himself to be the Messiah. And for doing all that, he was put on trial, beaten, crucified, killed, buried. But the story didn't end there. He was resurrected. He appeared to 500. He ascended. He's sitting at the right hand of the father and he's making intercession for us today. Why did that happen? Because even Jesus submitted himself to the plan. Who do you think you are? Pathway Church, who do you think you are that you can't trust the plan, but your God in heaven trusts the plan? He wrote the plan. He trusts the plan. Let's submit ourselves to the plan. Amen. What am I doing in 2022? I'm trusting the plan all the way. Trusting all the way. Say that with me. Trusting all the way. One more time. Trusting all the way. Now, here's a cool thing. God wants to do something in you. And he has a plan for you. This is where the multiplication comes in. God doesn't want to just do something in you. He wants to do something through you in others. Think about what Jesus did. In John chapter 14, verse 12, he says this. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. So Jesus' greatest works weren't even when he was here on the earth. His greatest works are what's happening through us right now. Think about what Jesus did. Think about the multiplication power. And actually, if our musicians could come right now, that would be really great. Jesus preached and he fed the 5,000 plus men and women, probably 20 or 30,000 people. And then he entrusted the gospel to the 12 disciples. And they went. Think about what they all did. Matthew, Mark. Think about it. Think about what Philip did. Philip, just shortly after, Peter had baptized all those people after preaching the gospel on the day of Pentecost. Think about this. Philip preached a revival where 3,000 people came to know Jesus. And the Holy Spirit led him away from that revival, told them to go where, somewhere where he would meet one person. Who did he meet? He met an Ethiopian eunuch who was reading the law from his chariot. This Ethiopian eunuch was from the Egyptian royal household. And he received the gospel. 
And this Ethiopian who had been led to Jesus by Philip took the gospel back to Ethiopia, which started one of the oldest churches in all of history. It's called the Coptic Church. Today's continue to operate. Is that not incredible? What God did through one man. You think it's about the 3,000? No, a lot of times it's about that one person that you share the gospel with. It's not just about the big numbers. It's about God doing something through each one of us. And then there's Paul preaching the gospel to all of these port cities. Rome, Ephesus, in in Athens, and all of these Greek isles, all of these places, Asia, and in Europe, until the gospel got right here to Mobile. Because God wants us to multiply, but we gotta trust the plan. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us slash give. We'll see you next week.